You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Suna. All right, so today I'm back with Sean McGinnis, president of Kuru Footwear. They're a D2C shoe brand on a mission to eliminate foot pain. I caught one of Sean's recent tweets about Amazon actually trying to hijack their search results. So I had to bring him on to chat about all things Amazon. So Sean, awesome to have you back on the show. Great to see you again, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so let's get into it. So you treated a screenshot of an actual Google search and the search itself was for Kuru footwear, right? Right. And the first result was, you know, it was you guys, which is great. And the second result was for an Amazon landing page. That's right. So what was odd about that? Well, the most odd component is the fact that we don't sell Kuru footwear on Amazon. Yeah. So what were they linking to? Like, what was that all about? Yeah. So uh, Amazon does this quite a bit. So they create landing pages for almost any search term that uh, a user might search for. Right. So imagine you're on Amazon and you run a search for Kuru and you are wondering, hey, does, is Kuru footwear available there? Can I buy it there? So they will generate a landing page that where they try to interpret that result. And obviously, if Kuru is not there, there are other brands that they might interpret as being sort of similar in nature or that might be bidding on our branded terms. So the primary components of that page that have the word Kuru footwear on it are the title tag uh, because it's an automated, automatically generated page. The search box, you know, search results for Kuru Footwear, and then down at the very bottom, there are related searches for you know Kuru Footwear men's shoes or Kuru Footwear women's shoes. But nowhere in the actual body of that marketplace page will you find a pair of Kurus that you can purchase. It's amazing. It just feels so disingenuous the the fact that they can do that. But it had me thinking, you know, like, and this is why I wanted to bring you on, right? Is like, they're probably not hijacking your traffic because you're still the first result, but maybe there are still some clicks that are moving over to Amazon because maybe someone says, oh, I'm an Amazon customer. I've got all my payment information shared there. If Kuru's there, I'm going to check it out and buy. So as you guys think about it, I'm sure you've had a ton of strategic conversations. Should we sell on Amazon? Should we not? I'd love to just get some updated thinking from an operator around like why or why not sell on Amazon. Yeah, we don't sell on Amazon today. There's a number of reasons behind that. Maybe we should start delving into why a brand should sell on Amazon. I, you know, In order to make that decision, you have to consider all of the different variables. Clearly, one reason is exactly the things we're talking about today. One would be to kind of protect the brand Right. Two is uh, we're definitely leaving some money on the table by not selling on Amazon. To your point, whether those clicks are being siphoned off or whether some customers would just prefer to buy on Amazon and we're not there, there's definitely some money being left on the table. Actually, Sean Frank from Ridge Wallet had a great tweet probably six or eight weeks ago talking about how they used to view Amazon in a very negative light and they really kind of ran into the fire and embraced it last year in 2021 and were committed to turning it into a, a net positive for them. And I want to say the number I heard either in that tweet or in, in future conversations um, with other operators is that it generates um, upwards of 20% of their brand, even for brands that are committed to not primarily selling on Amazon. Obviously, there are plenty of uh, direct-to-consumer brands where Amazon is their primary channel. You know, there are many of operators 
roll-up companies, uh, many players in the space where Amazon is their primary distribution channel. When we think about the negatives, though, uh, you know, we're really trying to build a legacy brand at Kuru Footwear. Uh, we're playing the long game. And other than Anchor, I can't think of a brand that was primarily built on Amazon. Uh, Anchor is a multi-billion dollar company. It's an incredible brand. And they built it primarily selling on Amazon. I, I don't know of another single brand that has primarily used Amazon as a distribution channel. So that's one reason why we've decided to not do that. The other primary reason is just risk. If you go on Amazon and search for some of your favorite brands, there are plenty of kind of knockoffs that are trying to design things that look and feel very similar. My favorite example probably is Allbirds, right? If you're in a search for Allbirds on Amazon, you get a number of really inexpensive, you know, one fourth the cost of a pair of Allbirds. Great shoe brand, by the way that look and feel, right, as similar as they can possibly make it. It's clear that they're coasting off the coattails of that brand. And that's another sort of massive frustration. And when you play in the space on Amazon, that sends a signal to others that you're kind of worthy of that kind of copycat behavior. So that's a major kind of problem as well. I've heard nightmare stories of other operators where, you know, major brands or sometimes the whole store get banned for weird reasons. And Amazon's just not very helpful. I mean, a lot of these bigger companies, you know, the, the kind of the fangs of the world, it's really difficult to get someone to sit up and take notice of your of your issues or your challenges as a small brand. And so those are the kind of things that as you're an operator and you're trying to predict where the brand can be at any given point in time and, and purchasing inventory levels, every aspect of running a brand the size of Kuru can be a real challenge. And, and when you introduce new um, variables into that mix, it's just not worth it from our perspective. Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating to hear some of this. I mean, over the years, I think that the tune has changed for some, Sure. right? I think um, I remember a couple of years ago, Patrick from Supply did a big diatribe I don't know if you caught that on the fact that they used to sell on Amazon, then Amazon, you know, was not uh, cracking down on the the knockoffs and they were moving off entirely. And then, you know, I think he's come back a little bit and it sounds like Ridge has too. So, you know, I, I think over the years, a lot of brands recognize like that they need to be distributing everywhere, like in your words, meet your customers where they like to shop. But I, I do also agree with like some of the brand risks that you talk about, you know, and if the goal is to build a, a lifelong, you know, brand with loyal customer base, controlling everything yourself, I think goes a, a long way. So, you know, I, I think maybe the right thing for people to do is to think about like, what is the goal, right? Is the goal to just grow sales? In which case, like, it's probably a great channel to just grow sales. But if this is a, you know, multi-generation brand that you're trying to build and, you know, that's a big part of your consideration, then, then maybe it is worth holding the line. Yeah, it's really no no different than any other distribution point, right? We're also not available in in wholesale. We don't sell wholesale to the you know Dick Sporting Goods of the world or to uh, you know Foot Locker or anyone else. And the, the reason is because we want to control the customer experience from end to end. Um, I, ironically, I don't blame Amazon for this. You know, for the result that I was kind of tweeting about, I really do think of it as a Google problem. Uh, Google knows enough about that page to know that it's probably a bad user experience for their for their searchers, 
and yet they rank it anyway. Um, as someone who comes from the SEO space, this is very much, you know, I look at it through that lens of like, why are they allowing this? And it seems like a minor tweak to the algorithm could still in a very automated way um, uh, rank Amazon pages highly where the brand is actually available for sale, but discount uh, those uh, those pages where the brands are not available for sale. It just feels like a really bad customer experience for both Google's customers as well as Guru's customers. Yeah, well, it's fascinating and appreciate you sharing your internal conversation on why you would or wouldn't. And it sounds like for now, you guys are holding out and continuing to just go direct and really focus on the Kuru.com uh, experience. Yep, that's right. Cool, Sean, well, thanks as usual, full of insight. Great to catch up. Same, great to see you again.